You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm excellent. What can I help you with? Um, so I have a couple of questions. Uh, my first original plan was to apply this year. Um, I have now taken the MCAT twice. Mm. And so I have a couple of questions about that. I actually just got my results last week and they were not as expected. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I originally took the MCAT in January, um, studied for it for quite a bit of time, but didn't do too well. I think I was just way too stressed about it. And my score started plummeting and I figured, well, I've gotten, you know, a decent score in the past on an exam, you know, maybe I'll just take it and see what happens. Maybe my fear was getting the best of me. Um, took a little bit of time off to get married. So I got married in April, um, did all that. Thank you. And, uh, studied for about two months again, trying to get my score up. Uh, the first time I took a course, but I really didn't like how it was formatted. Um, and I feel like it, I honestly didn't study as effectively as I could have. Mm -hmm. So this time around, I just tried to do a lot more practice questions. The only content review I used was sketchy, um, just to give me something to do. But I felt that most of the work I needed was in testing because that's my weakness. And the second time I took it, I only got one point higher, which was not um, represented in my practice test. On my practice test, I was getting six to nine points higher than my original score. So I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sorry. Um, you're certainly <laughs> certainly not alone in this stupid MCAT journey. Do you typically have struggles with big standardized tests like this? So like ACT, SAT yes. kind of stuff? So it's yeah. it's nothing new that it's like, okay, there's this <laughs> big hairy test out there and it's like, uh-oh, uh, I'm not going to have fun with it. What about yeah. your your big kind of final exams, midterms in college? How did those go typically? Uh, so I, I didn't start off too great. Um, I kind of had highs and lows all throughout the first couple of years because there were just classes that I resonated with more and mm-hmm. then classes that I didn't. And if I didn't, I felt that I didn't do as strongly. And then probably about the last, like, if I was putting it into credit perspective, maybe from uh, somewhere in my junior to senior year, um, I figured it out a little bit better. In my last 100 credits or so, I only had about one C. I think the rest was all A's and B's. So I felt that that was a strong enough upward trend. I did take some courses after college, too. I had to retake OCHEM. Uh, because of one of the semesters and just the quarter to semester I had to do the whole year. But um, I felt that I finally kind of figured out my groove. um, And then I started studying for the test. And then apparently it all left the building. (laughs) (laughs) Ellis has left the building. Um, On test day, did you feel like everything was going okay? No. (laughs) Okay. Why not? I On the MCAT test day or just test days in general? On the MCAT um, test day? The first time, I was just extremely nervous. I felt like I second-guessed a lot, but I really didn't want to void the test because I was able to finish all of the sections, and I felt that I wouldn't really benefit from never knowing what I got. Yeah. Um, the second time around, I was you know, nervous. I started second-guessing myself, but um, you know, I, I've 
been struggling with getting a score over 500 for the last year now. So I thought maybe it's content, but the only time I really saw improvement was when I was doing almost strictly practice questions, Mm -hmm. not when I was content reviewing. So um, the second time I took it, I, I definitely felt more confident. And then towards the end of the test, I felt like I plummeted, which is where I normally do my best. Um, and I got quite a low score in the last section. So I was very surprised by that. Hmm. And did you, did you improve on the other sections and then you just bombed the last section? No, I, I went up where I was down before and I went down where I was up before. So they, they almost switched. Okay. Interesting. Which was odd. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's reflected in, in attention so mm-hmm. if you struggle with chem phys and bio biochem and you did well in cars and psych soch, a lot of students will focus on chem phys and bio biochem and ignore cars and psych soch, and then their score goes down and they're like, what happened? I'm like, well, you didn't pay attention to it. Um, yeah. do, do you think potentially that played into it? Possibly. Um, I might have just put a lot of brain power into those two th- sections and then thought, oh, well, I always do good in yeah. psych soch. So why am I going to? you know, try, not try hard. Of course I tried hard, but yeah. I don't, I don't know how to word it. I think, you know what I'm trying yeah. to say. <laughs> no, that's that. I see it a lot. I see it a lot, unfortunately. Yeah. So ultimately it comes down to where, where do you go from here? Right. Yes. You've, you've taken the test twice. Luckily you can take it five more times. Uh, we don't want to take it five more times. <laughs> uh, we don't want to give the WMC all of our money just to take this stupid yeah. test. Um, and, and you don't think you're competitive where you're at? Uh, my store, my score is still below 500. Okay. So I don't, I mean, I don't mind sharing them unless you don't want me to. I'm not embarrassed. Go ahead. Yeah. It's up to you. So first one was a 490. Second was a 491. Okay. Yeah. So significantly so, below 500. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. Typically that low, it, it usually does come down to content. And so mm-hmm. my question would be, you took a lot of practice questions were you taking full length exams or were you just using lots of QBanks? Uh, lots of QBanks, but I did also, um, I took, I think, three practice exams before this, or maybe four, I'm sorry, four. I took four practice exams before I took the second MCAT. Okay. I got 496, 496, 497, 499. Okay. And were so, those the double AMC exams? The last one was a double AMC, but it was the sample test. So that was just me trying to calculate. Yeah. So that's not a true. Yeah. So it's probably closer to the others, but it's, I was just expecting my score to still be at least six or seven points higher. What happened? What happened to the other double AMC exams? I had already taken them in my previous studying. Okay. So I didn't want to reuse them. I was just afraid I was going to remember them and they wouldn't be as effective now i'm sure i don't remember anything but <laughs> yeah yeah okay so you've taken and for your first test did you just take those four double amc exams did you take any others no i took two double wait three double amcs one at the closer to the beginning because i didn't know that you should save them and then i stopped using them yeah and then the other ones were a the free blueprint one and all Kaplan ones because I was in a Kaplan course. Okay. Um, and the Princeton one and the Princeton one I did terrible. At. 
And that's what yeah. kind of started my nervousness. I got almost my diagnostic score on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Princeton ones are not the best. Um, so un- unfortunately, the the question that I would have for you is, or, or the the thinking that I would have for you is you didn't do enough just sit down eight hours, full length exams, where you you test your stamina over those eight hours, right? If you only took three or four full length exams going into this one, and you kind of bonked at the end, was your stamina not where you needed it to be because you weren't used to sitting for eight hours um, to to do well? Um, and so that would be my first thought is what's going on there and, and how can we go do full length exams moving forward so that you're ready for that full eight hours. And then the review after a full length exam, right? It's all well and good to go one by one through a Q bank where there's really no pressure and you can kind of take your time and, and just have at it. It's it's great. Like it it's it's good for the ego. It's good for anxiety and, and test test stress. Um, mm-hmm. But it's fake, right? It's it's not really giving you what you need to do to to do well on the exam. And so we have to put ourselves in an uncomfortable situation where we're okay with a number that we're going to get back that we're not really excited about, but we know it's the best thing for us moving forward. So sitting for those eight hours, getting that score back and going, shoot, it's it's still a 490. That's okay. Now I'm going to spend the next two days reviewing this test, figuring out where I went right, where I went wrong, and 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 continue moving forward. So based on that comment, let me ask you about the review of your full-length exams. Did you fully review each full-length exams, categorize each question? I got this one right. It's a biochem question. I got this one wrong. It's a protein question. I got, did, did you go through and, and one by one by one, look at all of the right answers, all the wrong answers, look at all the explanations? Um, I would say two out of four of those completely. The other two, I think I kind of waited way too long to remember what went wrong um, because I was, I'm also working. Mm-hmm. So the, I would, generally take it on my day off and then have to work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then try and review it on Sunday. I felt that I wasn't um, equipped to really review anymore. And so I would get through part of it and be like, gosh, I don't even know anymore. And then, so the the last two I did, um, and I do feel that it helped. um, But I think a big part of this too, was I just was having to work too much in order to fully dedicate to it. Mm. And so at this point, my goal was just, hey, if I can't get above a 500 before I have to take it again, I want to try my best to at least improve. So the goal was, you know, at least five points or more, yeah. which wasn't my original goal at all. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think if the consensus is that I do need to take it again, I'm now in a position where I could take more time off to basically treat it like a full time job. Yeah. Yeah. And, th- and that's the answer is, is, uh, my, my sign, which you can't, uh, can you see it? No, it's, it's kind of hiding back yeah. <laughs> there. Uh, respect the MCAT. I, I think ultimately is, is unfortunately where you need to go. And, and I make that statement knowing full well that there's a lot of privilege in that statement to be able potentially to, to know that you can 
take time off of your job and and be able to afford to do that. And not everyone can, which is why this stupid test is not the fairest test in the land to to figure out who can be a doctor and who can't. And so uh, it's frustrating, unfortunately. And so if you have that ability to take some time off, knowing moving forward that you're going to have to 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 study, take these full lengths, take not just one day, one full day to take it, but also two extra full days to review it, and that's what it's probably going to take for you, then that's what you're going to have to do. So then I have two questions. One is probably a very obvious question, but I probably shouldn't apply this year. No. Okay. So next question is, based on my results, do you think that it's beneficial that I take another class? And if so, what should I set my goal to be score-wise? Score-wise, 528. That's always the goal. (laughs) (laughs) Knock it out of the park. Um, Shoot shoot for the stars, you'll land on the moon. So I I don't think you should go in with, with that in mind. The goal is just to get better, period. Right. Um, and so I, I don't think you need to worry about what your goal should be. Um, I, I think you should figure out what you want. Now, if you're asking that question because there are some courses out there that give you score guarantees and and maybe that's what you should be looking for, like I, I don't believe in any of those anyway. So no. um, I, I think what you should be doing is potentially because you said you didn't like the old course that you took. What? Why didn't you like it? What was it about? about the course that didn't jive with you? Or was it just an MCAT course? And like most people are like, I don't want to do this. And so you just rejected it. Um, I think that I was expecting a little bit more structure from it. Okay. Like, hey, you should be covering kind of these major topics throughout mm-hmm. the week. And then, you know, we'll go over some of it in the class. But it was more so like, here's 2000 videos on every topic you could possibly <laughs> Go imagine. Learn. Yeah. You know, watch, watch what you think you need to watch. And then, um, we'll talk about a topic for six hours in class and use three of it for some like testing strategies. Yeah. First off, I hated the testing strategies. They just didn't work for me. Yeah. I tried and tried and tried and saw no improvement. And then finally saw improvement when I stopped using them. <laughs> and then, <laughs> In regards to the content they were going over, it wasn't like it wasn't prevalent and it could never be prevalent. Mm. It was just, I honestly never found that I ended up using those topics that much. Yeah. So um, I don't necessarily think that it's the structure I was against. I just maybe because I'm non-traditional, I haven't taken, you know, intro chem since 2015. Mm. I probably needed to focus on more things like that rather than complex structures yeah. and so on. Yeah. So obviously I'm biased uh, and I'll, I'll recognize yeah. that bias. <laughs> yeah. Blueprint sponsors this, uh, this content. And yeah. so the Blueprint Live Online course potentially is one that'll work for you. Number one, just with a free account, you can go use their study planner tool and go, okay, I, I have to retake the MCAT. Right now as we're recording this, it's, it's July. And I'm going to go shoot for January 2023 to retake it, which is a year after the first time you took it, right? And so you have about six months, perfect timeline to study for the MCAT. Uh, You can go in, tell it how much you have to study, uh, what days you want off, all of that fun stuff. And it'll create 
uh, a schedule for you so that you're not just dumped with like, hey, here's 2,000 hours worth of videos to go watch. You know, hey, this week I have to do this. And if you get behind, you just drag and drop to figure out what you want. The live online course specifically potentially is, is better and more suited for you versus the, the course that you were in before where it's like, hey, we're going to go sit for six hours in this lecture. You get two instructors for, I forget how long the, the actual uh, sessions are, whether they're 90 minutes or two hours, um, but it's all strategy. It's all how do we implement this thing that we learned how do we implement it on the test? And it's not necessarily tips and tricks, but how does an amino acid question come up on the test? What are the types of ways they can ask about this so that you know with one piece of data, it can it, you can come at it from four different ways and go, hey, that's potentially four points uh, on, on, the, on the MCAT that I'm, I'm going to get right or four questions that I'm going to get right because we thought about the different ways that they can ask about this stuff. So potentially that format is right for you. But there are lots of different formats out there, right? There are lots of, of MCAT test prep companies out there that potentially will help you. There's even just UWorld, QBank stuff, if, if potentially that works well for you. But I think... Regardless of course, you need to do full-length exams. And you really need to just dive in eight hours, real test kind of environment, timing-wise, and then take the two days afterwards to review as thoroughly as possible. Okay. <laughs> but so it's doable. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's been a crazy ride. Yeah. Um, my other question is more related to the application because originally I was working on the application intending to apply this year. Mm. Um, first thing is, is my letter writers, you yep. know, if I'm no longer applying, can I just expect them to hold on to that offer and hold on to that letter for the next year? I wouldn't expect anything. I would ask. So I would just reach out to yeah. them and say, Hey, I, I got my MCAT score back. Unfortunately, I didn't do as well as I wanted to, so I'm not going to apply this year. Thank you so much for agreeing to write me a letter of recommendation. I would love to come back to you in, in a few months and have you submit the letter for next cycle when when I'm, I'm going to apply. Is that, is that okay? okay? So just ask for their permission to keep in touch with them and, and have them upload it later. Because ideally, perfect kind of case is the letters are dated the year of your application. Okay. Um, and in regards to my grades and everything, obviously you can't give me too much of a recommendation just talking in 30 minutes. But if, you know, those last say hundred credit hours of my degree are generally all A's and B's with, you know, more than half of it being science courses, mm. Do you think that that justifies, you know, me saying that there's enough of an upward trend or do you think that I need to go take courses? Because originally when I had planned that it was right, I graduated right in the pandemic. So all the classes that I had signed up for in person mm. had turned either into online or immediately got canceled because they didn't have anything to adapt it. Yeah. Um, so I just decided it's safe not to take it because some of the schools I was looking into weren't going to accept a lot of online courses. Um, and why, why do that to myself, spend the money and then have to take it again anyways. Yeah. So do you think I should go and try and find, you know, anatomy courses and histology courses and things like that to, you know, show that I'm still working on academics 
The only reason I'm worried to do that is that I would have to, again, pull away from the MCAT and not put my full attention into it, which is obviously yeah. a weakness. It's, it's hard to just answer it uh, right. without looking at, at your graphs and everything. If you have a mapped account, um, you can, you can um, depending if you have a mapped pro, which really at this point just gives you access to ask one of our advisors. Uh, almost every feature on mapped right now is, is free. Um, but if if you want um after after we record just like take a screenshot or um let me know uh that i can go access your account and i can tell you a little bit more in depth because ultimately it's it's what does that trend look like on the graph to me is what tells right. the whole story so if okay. it's a roller coaster all the way around then it's hard to to give you the green light if your your overall gpa is okay and again, those last 100 credit hours, A's and B's, hopefully more A's than B's, then, then that, that potentially gives a, a better feeling of moving forward. Okay. Yeah, that would definitely help. <laughs> I have it all in there. It's just looking yeah. at it. I don't know how to interpret it. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do I have time for another question? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Okay. Sneak it in. <laughs> um. Okay, this is this is kind of an odd question. So I have a letter writer who's a physician. Mm -hmm. He isn't originally from here, and he feels that he's having a hard time articulating the letter because of his uh, English limitations. Yep. Do you think that's going to affect how a school sees the letter? Potentially. Potentially. Right? At the end of the day, we're all humans. We all have our biases. And and so someone reading it may get frustrated and go, what the heck? Like, you couldn't get any better than this, uh, mm -hmm. which is unfair. But that potential is out there. Um, I, I had this conversation recently with someone else. And at the end of the day, we have lots of physicians in this country who are uh, non-native English speakers, who are immigrants to this country, uh, who are practicing amazing medicine. Their mm -hmm. English just isn't great. And yeah. um, why can't they write you a letter? Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think most people will understand that not everyone writing a letter is going to be a native English speaker and the grammar may not be great or whatever. Um, ultimately, you're not technically supposed to see the letter, but maybe this is a situation where you just offer like, hey, like, I'll, I'll give you feedback if you're comfortable with that um, and, and massage it if you're comfortable with that. Okay. But that technically goes against the rules. So I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then my last question would be, even from uh, a couple of people, advisors, friends, they've tried to still recommend that I apply this year to a couple of schools. I don't know if I agree because one, I know that being a reapplicant does lower chances. Nope, it does Two, not. It doesn't? Nope. Okay, well that, okay, well, <laughs> well never mind. Um, <laughs> but- I guess I'm also worried that, you know, applying to a couple of schools, spending all of that money, but they're saying, you know, maybe then you could contact them and see what, what went wrong. Uh, easy. You got a 491. Okay. They're, they're not going to do the hard work of looking through your whole application when right staring in their face is a 491. They'll say, we didn't look at your application. It was a 491. Okay. Yeah. Don't, don't apply. It's a waste. And so, I mean, obviously my goal is to get over that 500, but I'm assuming, you know, just say worst comes to worst. I do a course, six months, 
I still can't get over a 500. I need to figure something out, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, there's there's still lots of time to figure out what's going on. Uh, do you need to talk to a, a test anxiety specialist? If you look at the pre-med years, I had a, a psychiatrist on who does a lot of test anxiety with medical students. Um, do, do you need to go talk to someone like that? Do you need to go talk to someone to see if you have an undiagnosed learning disability? Do you have some sort of minor dyslexia or something like that? potentially that's causing you uh, just issues of understanding. I've, I've talked to lots of students, unfortunately, who are like, I knew the material. I knew it. I would go into to my professor's office hours and, and I would be able to recite all of the answers for them. And they were confident I was going to do well. And then I'd get on to, to, to test day and I'd fail it. And then surprise, I have dyslexia, right? And once they were able to figure that out, then they could compensate and figure out strategies to to support that. So there are lots of questions that can still be asked at the end of the day, right? This is uh, the scientific method in our daily life. What is going wrong? How can I fix it? It's not improving. How do I figure out why it's not improving? And so for you moving forward, don't wait six months until you take the test again constantly check in and go, am I improving? Am I not? Why am I not improving? What's going on here? And keep asking those questions and keep asking people to, to help you figure it out as you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. This process. <laughs> it is crazy, <laughs> unfortunately, but you're doing it. And nothing on this journey so far is telling you that you shouldn't be a doctor, that you can't be a doctor, that you're not going to be a kick-ass doctor in the future. <laughs> the MCAT is just telling you that you suck at taking the MCAT right now. <laughs> I think that's what worries me because I know there's other tests in the future. They're so- nothing like the MCAT, I promise you. They are big, scary, standardized tests. And so again, from a, from a test anxiety standpoint, we need to work on that. Some right. meditation, some kumbaya, but <laughs> they are not like the MCAT. I promise you. Yeah, I think I needed to hear that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. Keep breathing. Keep asking questions. Keep trying to figure it out. But it's not over. Far, far from over. It's only over until you say it is. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group. 